shoot, I didn't do the intro song. I screwed up the intro. It's okay. Um, hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Uh, welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast, episode 251. I totally forgot to queue up the intro song, so you guys will have to forgive me. Um, <laughs> uh, welcome to the Growing With Fishes podcast. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, today we have um, uh, Con Fem, uh, who's joining us from Vietnam. Uh, hopefully I pronounced his name right. I tried, we tried to go over that before the show. So thanks a lot for joining us, buddy. We haven't had a chance to talk to anyone from Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, hi, Steve. And uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Kang. You can call me Kang or just a, a K letter. Uh, that's the beginning of uh, my name. I'm from Vietnam and uh, we are running, running a uh, small aquaponic system here about... Uh, 400 square meter in a total of uh, 1,000. Uh, it's my honor to be here. Awesome. And uh, he, you also do a lot of work with um, different uh, natural farming methods uh, as well, right? Uh, I've, I've seen you post a lot about Korean natural farming. Uh, yes, sir. Actually, uh, we start uh, our aquaponic system uh, with uh, some uh, like uh, inorganic chemical that we uh, add on to just uh, for controlling pH and uh, some supplement like uh, K, uh, mechanism or calcium or calcium or potassium and some iron. But uh, I think it's not a uh, not enough sustain. Uh, substantial for us so uh, we would like to change it and uh, when I found out the uh, the great method called uh, IMO actually we call it the IMO4 here and uh, we do some did some practice and applied it from now awesome yeah we'd love to hear about that as well uh, you I I was very impressed with the depth of knowledge that I've seen you post on, especially when it comes to um, gathering potassium or some of the different nutrients. Uh, you seem to have a lot more knowledge than a lot of the other people I've, I've seen post. Uh, so it was really cool to see uh, see that data. So uh, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Uh, about uh, the common uh, supplement that uh, people often add in uh, a, a common system like a, a hydroponic or aquaponic, uh, like calcium, magnesium, or potassium. Uh, people um, often uh, choose some easy way like uh, calcium carbonate, uh, potassium carbonate, or Epsom salt, and uh, we used it before, but. Um, uh, when uh, I found the uh, IMO method, uh, I applied it like um, for potassium. Uh, there are a lot of uh, banana trunk around our farm. And uh, we use it to uh, extract the potassium from that into a, a liquid solution. And uh, we measure it uh, by testing with the HANA machine. And uh, we know the exact uh, concentrate of uh, potassium ion in that liquid uh, compared with uh, uh, 
the current potassium uh, level in our system, we calculate the, the difference. Then we calculate uh, the final liquid that we need to add in to raise the potassium level up to the, uh, the one we desire. Yeah, that, it's really awesome. Uh, I, again, you're, there aren't a lot of people out there looking at the exact numbers on a lot of uh, fermented plant juices and things like that. And it's really wonderful that you're doing this work. Um, there, there aren't a lot of people that have uh, access to, to this type of stuff. So, you know, hats off to you for that, man. Thank you. Yeah, not at all. So uh, when uh, we, uh, at the first time, we, uh, we measure it. Uh, we don't think uh, we don't get it uh, so much, but uh, by the time it uh, fermenting and uh, go degrade, by the time uh, it come more and more, like uh, uh, potassium uh, concentration uh, in uh, that liquid. At the first time of testing, I just get uh, something around 100 ppm. And for about two to three months after that, when I maintain the same, the same chunk of banana, we chop it into small pieces for it easier to break down. And after three or four testing, I get a, a very much higher number of potassium concentration. Like at the moment in, a barrel of uh, 200 liter, we can get uh, almost 31 gram per, per liter. 31 gram of potassium ion per liter of that liquid is very high. Very, very high that I think uh, with just one chunk, about uh, like uh, 40 to uh, 50 kilogram at the beginning, we can use it uh, about more than a half year. Just that. That's 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 crazy. So um, you noticed a big uh, increase after month two and three of fermentation uh, with the. Uh, the banana trunks ra uh, rather than a, a fast fermentation. So the longer you let it ferment, the, the higher the potassium was, is what you're saying? Yeah, yes, uh, I, I do say that. And uh, we keep uh, maintain uh, that uh, small species of uh, banana trunk in the same barrel. The thing we just uh, add in is just the uh, IMO liquid. We keep uh, continue to to make the IMO liquid to add in. Then we extract the, the product from that barrel. So, so you're fermenting it in the IMO, the liquid IMO? Yes. Uh, at the okay. first time, I, can, uh, I can made it. Can you explain that? Because that's a whole new concept, I think, to a lot of people in the West. They've never heard of fermenting in liquid IMO. So uh, can you walk us through that process? Because this is wholly new to, to people in the West. Yes. Uh, at the first time, I made uh, the origin IMO uh, liquid. Uh, then I uh, multiplied it uh, to uh, many times. Like at the first time, we made a 20 liter, for example. And then about a week ago, uh, a week later, we multiplied it uh, 
20 times more. Uh, I use that uh, liquid after that to uh, uh, shrink uh, banana chocolate species in that uh, barrel and uh, just let it go. Um, then uh, we just uh, have to uh, supplement the uh, banana trunk after all the things go down and there are nothing left. So like I said before, uh, we just one chunk of uh, uh, 30 to 50 kilogram of a banana chunk. We can use it uh, more than a half year from now. That that's a that's a long that's a large amount to make from a small amount of material. That that's really awesome. Have you done work with anything uh, other than the banana trunks? Have you tested any other plants as well? Yes, uh, with the uh, uh, calcium, we use uh, uh, eggshell and uh, and eggshell and uh, the shell of uh, shrimp that we we put in together and. Uh, like uh, I remember, uh, I need to check it. The chitin the from the uh, the shrimp is good for the plants too, for the immune system stimulation. Yes, uh, I think it's good and uh, it raises the taste and uh, flavor of uh, flavor of the, the plant too. I noticed the huge difference of taste and flavor before and after we use it method to our system for to extract the, uh, the, uh, the calcium iron we use uh, the same method uh, with the first uh, weight of uh, three and a half kilogram of uh, eggshell we use it from now and it keeps give us a, a high number of uh, calcium ion in that liquid. And we uh, don't have to use calcium uh, carbonate or any other inorganic chemical again. And we love to keep it go along with us, with our farm. And it's very cheap. Yeah, that's that's really awesome, man. I had never heard of uh, it being that that high in iron as well. Um, that, that's really interesting to learn about. Uh, definitely want to go uh, try this IMO fermentation for sure. Uh, that's definitely a new thing uh, I have definitely never heard of. Um, what other types of interesting things have you? Is there any other um, things that you've you've fermented or done any testing on as far as the? Um, uh, as well, aside from the bananas and the, the eggshells, or? Um, there are uh, another barrel that we use uh, uh, seaweed and uh, some other stuff from around around farm that we just want to extract the micronutrient. But uh, it's a long term that we need to, to expose more number because uh, we don't test it uh, commonly like uh, potassium or calcium, but we keep using it. And uh, a very in interesting thing that we noticed from that method is, uh, you know that uh, the uh, healthy aquaponic system uh, is that the pH keep going down, right? 
And uh, when we use, uh, when we notice, we measure the pH every day. When we uh, notice uh, it uh, out of uh, the range, we raise it, but not by any other thing from inorganic chemical. We use that fermented liquid too. It is a very inter interesting of the uh, counter track of it uh, is the, the original liquid is uh, very low in pH, like uh, 30, uh, no, 3.5 to 4.0 pH. But when we add it on, after a day, the pH go up. It's very interesting phenomenon <laughs> that uh, like a one stone hit two birds. Oh yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Uh, having that kind of time delayed uh, increase really can be useful sometimes as well. Um, yeah. Very very cool. Have you done anything in, in regards to um, foliar application or pest management with any types of uh, natural farming methodology? Uh, yes, uh, about the foliar spraying we use that liquid too some kind of plant in our system have some uh, uh, nutrient disorder we uh, uh, diluted uh, with the uh, the ratio about one to 50 or one to 100 and then we uh, spray it on the, the leaf also um, that for the nutrient supplement about uh, some disease and uh, like um, uh, anthranose that we use it but uh, it's not uh, come up with a very strong evidence that uh, i can uh, say now but uh, it has some some symptom that uh, it will increase and and cure that but for sure I also apply the uh, Chadam method of uh, Korea. Uh, do you know that? Yeah. Uh, yes. They have yeah they they have uh, a very cool method to uh, kill worms or uh, leaf disease and uh, make a solution from um, sulfur and they call it uh, the JS the sulfur solution. Uh, we made it. And we applied it uh, in our misting system, and also we use it uh, to uh, to treat you know, some plant disease. It's also very cool. So, what types of crops have you grown in your aquaponics system? What are, What are some of the different things that you tried to grow in aquaponics and had success with? Uh, almost we are growing some uh, leafy green, and just a little bit of. Uh, a few, just a few uh, cucumber plant. That's not much, uh, just in our test. And uh, <laughs> we actually never success with uh, a tomato. <laughs> uh, easy, go, uh, go easy with the uh, leafy green first, and then we move on. A year ago, I, uh, our farm uh, suffered from uh, a bad root disease. It causes uh, steam rot and uh, lyphosarium and uh, uh, green wilt that uh, hurt our very much. And uh, we almost discard all of our plant in the system. 
after that, when we uh, use that uh, the IMO method here, we um, neutral the the kind of uh, um, microorganism uh, use usually called like I forgot the name. Bacillus subtilis. Do I pronounce it right? Yeah. Uh, so in the states they call it labs or lactobacillus. Yep, you pronounced it right. Yeah. So when we raise it and uh, add it in our system, we also uh, make that easy, easier or, and, and decrease the symptom and save a lot of plant until now. Oh yeah, lactobacillus is one of the best things that you can add to an aquaponic system if you aren't familiar with it, especially if you're trying to just get your foot wet. Uh, that and liquid IMO really are the two best things that you can add to an aquaponic system from the CANF world. Um, if you're into just getting started in natural farming, lactobacillus is super easy to make. Liquid IMO is super easy to make. Um, yeah. Both of them will take a ton of learning, you know, a little bit of a learning curve, but not much. Um, but both of them have incredible impacts and in, in how much and the minerals uh, that, that are unlocked by those microbes from the fish waste. You know, they'll, they'll take your fish waste and increase, you know, a dramatic amount of the nutrients that are unlocked from it. Yeah, uh, so um, do you run uh, some kind of test about that? Oh yeah, so in fact, Joe Pate uh, has done a whole bunch of work with lactobacillus uh, specifically. Um, there's actually a couple of papers out now on lactobacillus and aquaponics. Um, we've actually, I've personally used it to treat E. coli. So in, um, uh, in some of the industries that I work in, they test the water and they test the plant material regularly. And um, uh, we've actually used that uh, in facilities that have non-human pathogenic E. coli uh, and mm. failed for testing. We were able to go back in treat it with lactobacillus for uh, two treatments, uh, basically one treatment every two weeks for a month. After 30 days, we were able to test it again, which is how fast we could legally test again for retesting. Uh, and we were able to pass with no, uh, no E. coli detected. So it's really good for eliminating um, pathogens. Um, one of the other good things about making lactobacillus is that you can skim the cheese off the curds and feed it to your fish. It's just fat and protein. And, and, hmm. and vitamin B. And remember that lactobacillus has very high in vitamin B as well. So it helps accelerate the growth rate of both fish and plants by 15 to 20%, uh, depending oh, yeah. on uh, um, you know how much you're feeding them. Hmm. But you can dose the lactobacillus directly into the aquaponic system in the water, take a scoop to seed the next batch, and then feed the hmm. cheese and the curds at the top off to your fish uh, and, and it helps keep the system healthy. It helps eliminate a lot of the sludge and fish waste from the system. And it helps mm. eliminate a lot of the fishborne or potentially uh, foodborne pathogens that could potentially live in the water. It acts as like an active defense system to, to keep the system clean. I think in five years from now, you're gonna see lactobacillus dosing almost required for commercial organic food production, be it aquaponics or organic hydroponics, because um, it really is such a, a immense um, increase in not only that, but it's cheap, right? You're looking at the cost of whatever milk is per gallon uh, and a gallon, you know, you're dosing at a one to 1000 or a one to 800 dilution rate. So, you know, yeah. one gallon per thousand, that's not very expensive for most people to ensure that type of food safety if compared to any other thing that you would spend money on that would have that level of food safety, right? Like it's, it's not even comparable. So uh, um, it's really been one of the better um, uh, things that we've found in aquaponics, uh, particularly 
Um, you know, I really can't speak highly enough about uh, lactobacillus and how important it is. One other thing too, uh, if you're familiar with kefir, kefir um, uh, uh, the, from milk that people drink or make cheese from or yogurt, um, mm -hmm. that also taking some of that to seed your air collected lactobacillus from the rice wash and combining mm -hmm. those both to add both groups of, of uh, lactobacillus can increase the vitamin B biodiversity uh, output from those lactobacillus, you have a wider range of vitamin B, meaning a better increase in growth rate in the plants because the plants utilize different forms of vitamin B depending on what exact process that they're doing. So, um, uh, as well as the microbes, right? That vitamin B is also helping the microbes in the soil, the nematodes and all the other things that also will utilize it. Yeah, that's great. And uh, any, any document or some kind of resource that uh, I can find to learn more about it? Yeah, I can absolutely send you some stuff here um, uh, offline. I have um, uh, actually have a spreadsheet I wanted to show you. In fact, let me just pull it up here. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so check this out. If you aren't familiar with this, you're going to love this. And we've talked about this before on the show. Um, so this is, uh, are you familiar with Dr. Duke's phytochemical ethnobotanical database? Uh, sorry, so I don't. Sure, so you're talking about potassium, right? Yeah. So we're gonna, we'll look for potassium. So we can type in potassium on, on this chart. And then we can sort by average lowest parts per million. Mm -hmm. And it tells me that the leaf of this, uh, of Chinese cabbage is the highest on average uh, potassium containing plant. Um, mm. uh, the leaf of this plant here, uh, chervil, um, is the next highest, or you can go by total highest PPM. So the highest ever found is actually in lettuce, which is kind mm. of crazy. Um, uh, or um, endive, which is the next one for the second, the highest ever found. Um, so it allows you to kind of search and sort through that. You can sort by, you know, do I want to find it in the leaf or the leaf or the flower or the bud or the bark or, you know, whatever part of the plant, the roots. Um, and, um, you know, especially when you're trying to look around your property and say, hey, what can I what can I look for um, on my property? This really is an invaluable resource um, that's you know searchable and, and easy to use. And what's also cool is um, they have all types of other chemical compounds. So if you're looking for something specific for some whatever reason, there's also the other documented compounds that are in the plant. Some of them are significantly more extensive than, than others, so. Yeah, that's precious information. Yeah. But you're, you're someone that would be very dangerous with this type of info, so I'm happy to turn you on to it. <laughs> but you can see they really do a good job of documenting the different compounds that are found in the plants, especially if you're looking for medicinal purposes or medicinal interactions for drug interactions or other types of um, recreational chemistry, allegedly. Um, this is a great database to know about. Okay, I will take time to look at it. I'm sure I will find something interesting here. You can search by chemicals, plant syndromes, um, you know, uh, all different types of stuff. So it's it's a, a super great database. Uh, again, if you're making ferments or composts or anything else, it really is invaluable. Um, not everything in here is accurate, though. Just take that with a grain of salt that some of the stuff was, you know, you might not have the same bioaccumulation in your area as the stuff that was tested for this, you know, cross-referenced publication. Yeah.
So what, uh, what are some of the other things that are maybe different about um, aquaponics or natural farming and aquaponics? I know a lot of people don't really talk about those two worlds uh, kind of in one, and you seem to have uh, a lot of this figured out far beyond most other people. And I'm, I'm you know, incredibly impressed with the depth of knowledge that you have on this and how well you have, have the systems uh, you know, balanced out as for, in terms of inputs. Uh, uh, what else is kind of maybe unique and what are some of the other cool things that you guys are working on over there? Uh, on your side of the pond? Uh, on the side of uh, our farm, we, uh, we create a kind of a tool, a tool like a, a, a online app for us to manage our farm. And all of the work load of our farm will uh, combine here and uh, automat automatically create it. And the worker will have uh, their own schedule on that uh, app to check to do their work. And uh, I would like to share some of a uh, little bit about that uh, for you here. That uh, I need to, yeah, I need to share my uh, screen. Now, can you see it? Yep. Okay. Here is the uh, main screen of uh, our app on the web. Uh, there are many more models for us to manage uh, our farm, like, uh, let me, um, we not have the English version here that uh, in the development, development. So I will talk a little bit about it. Like it is the, uh, the warehouse management, uh, the cultivation, uh, fishing management, and uh, equipment uh, supervisor, and some incident that we need to notice and uh, notify it on here. The growing environment, uh, everything of uh, environment impact will be uh, recorded and uh, managed here. And the very interesting of uh, the part is uh, maintenance. Uh, the uh, the one is that de developing is uh, selling and marketing here that uh, are not just finished. So, uh, which one do you want to take a look at it first? Or I will uh, walk you around. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you drive here. So why don't you walk us through it in, uh, in whatever order you think makes sense? Uh, okay. So uh, we uh, should uh, go straight to the cultivation management here. Now, uh, you can see that uh, uh, I can uh, track the exact number of uh, our net pot uh, of uh, in seedling, in uh, incubation period, in seedling period in baby or major blend. It is the current number of our, uh, our system here. You see? And uh, below that is the uh, schedule on the calendar that uh, we uh, create a production plan for our work here. Every uh, plan and uh, every species have their own cultivation procedure that we need to use 
and uh, choose it to create this uh, production plan. Uh, there are two reports that are very valuable here. Uh, the, uh, the production status and uh, the harvesting status, uh, like the expectation of harvesting. We go first in uh, production status, like but you see here, there are many batches of plan that are described here in the time of a production date and harvest date. That, uh, and uh, you can see uh, the mature brand of, uh, for example, for Cayman. Uh, is, uh, 47 net pot with uh, the uh, old is uh, 43 dates from sibling, from sewing, sorry. Uh, in, that, uh, in that report, uh, you can track the current status of our farm, which one is grown, which one in what period, and which one uh, have some problem like uh, Leaf disease, growth disorder, or nutrient disorder like this, and uh, some pet disease, uh, some pet problem here. That uh, we can track everything, and uh, it's show here. The second report uh, is about harvesting. Yeah. Uh, from that uh, produ production status and uh, schedule of uh, planning, we uh, create a uh, harvest plan here that uh, in the future we can expect the. Uh, the likely amount of a plant that we uh, will harvest in a and the time here is uh, September 10 and September 16 that we will have 14 pot about six kilogram of this species the next week here and so on what kind of uh, what any of uh, species we growing it will appear and we uh, can track it for the future harvest of course the uh, the, the weight of this species will uh, be decreased or increase in the future and the net pot is online and uh, get the current number because uh, we check and we, uh, we scout our farm every day. Uh, that, is the two, that is the two reports uh, very important in the cultivation management. Uh, do you have a question for us? Uh, no, I'll, I'll ask you after the presentation. That's fine. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, go back to the main screen. 
I would like to go in the uh, warehouse management where we uh, put our material and uh, equipment also the machine here or to check their, their status. Sorry. Worries. This is super interesting and, and you know really useful, especially if you're tracking lots of different types of crops and stuff like that. It seems like it make it up real easy to keep track of. Yes, uh, uh, especially when you have many uh, uh, when you grow by batch, then you have to uh, keep on track of uh, uh, every single batch that you plant. And uh, this uh, uh, this tool will give you the power to do that. So go back to the our warehouse that uh, every single machine or equipment will be listed uh, is uh, listed uh, in this uh, with uh, many um, uh, variables belong to that like uh, the code uh, the function or uh, the number of the equipment. And from that, uh, from that table, uh, there is a uh, buying order or purchasing order. It will be created automatically when uh, something go down, uh, hit the limit that we set. Then the, the buyer of our farm will know how to, and how and when to buy it to su uh, supplement the warehouse status. Now, does this have uh, stuff as well for like purchasers for lettuce and things like that to kind of see that what's coming down the pipeline? They can yeah. say in two weeks or three weeks from now, I can purchase lettuce. Yes, yes. Like a lettuce seed or some kind of a media growing like a coir, a coconut coir or vermiculite or anything else that list on it, uh, listed in the uh, warehouse. Okay, uh, next move to the uh, growing environment. And this is the one I really like. Anything, uh, there are two systems, uh, three systems in our farm. Uh, the first one is AP system, zero one, the biggest one, and the uh, two smaller one is uh, AP, AP system two and AP system three. Uh, we tracked uh, many elements about the env growing environment and uh, water parameters in this. Like you can see, the pH DO of uh, water is the wrong number because uh, we are, it is malfunction. The temperature of uh, water, uh, nitrate, nitrogen, potassium, level, iron level, uh, calcium concentration and so on. Uh, to get that uh, number, we have to create a uh, automatic uh, schedule for testing, and uh, it's, it's uh, spread out in the uh, timetable. When it uh, it hit the, the certain point, it will create a uh, a testing job that uh, 
the assigned person will take that and do the test. For example, I, uh, I do the PS test every day. So the person who is in charge of it will take the PS test every day and they type the number here. Next, uh, for potassium or calcium or magnesium and iron, I create a schedule about uh, one week uh, with uh, per test. Then they do it every week, one time, and they type the number here. You notice mm, there are some kind of uh, red circle with the uh, narrow uh, arrow down here. That means uh, we create a range that we want uh, our pH in that number. And uh, whenever it uh, out of that range, it will notify us like this, like uh, here, the, the pH of uh, AB system, zero one is uh, lower than our expectation. So we need to do something uh, procedure to raise it up. Uh, in fact, it, it is more powerful uh, contact and uh, other, I contact in uh, in our app uh, on the uh, the mobile phone that uh, we can choose the procedure to fit the red circle here. Uh, for example, uh, you see that the pH is lower and it is have the red circle here. On let me put, turn on our. I have a question. You have silica on there. Have you done much experimentation with different silica levels? Uh, not yet. Uh, we are tested um, once per quarter. Uh, before we uh, we talked about the silicon level in uh, our uh, in the aquaponic system. That you, you taught me that. Uh, should keep the uh, silicon level about around 100 ppm, right? Yeah, for, for leafy greens, you want it at least 60 parts per million um, to get the, the effect with the, the longer shelf life for, for the fridge. Um, mm. But for, um, for flowering crops, it really seems, especially for cucumbers and things like that to prevent powdery mildew, it does seem to be closer to that 80 to 100 mark uh, to really, you know, kind of prevent that um, but when you get it, when you get the silica up in those elevated levels, um, it kind of triggers that, you know, whatever the thick enough cell walls or whatever they need to do to, to protect themselves in that more humid environment, particularly if you're going in the tropics. Um, silica is one of the things that's uh, very bioavailable in soil, but not so much in, in uh, aquatics. And I think that it's definitely an area that, that um, you know, can be done better uh, than what current publications are out there. Yeah, and it's also our issue here that uh, we're try I'm trying to uh, to find something to to supplement the uh, silicon in our system, but uh, not yet. If, so aloe, uh, aloe is really good. Stinging nettle is really good. Um, uh, horsetail fern is really good. Um, actually, most ferns are are pretty high in silica. Um, but aloe, aloe is another one that's probably available where you are pretty easily um, uh, and pretty, you know, cheap quantities. Okay. 
So uh, go back to the uh, uh, this uh, page, like I said before, uh, on our app. Uh, when I see the PS is low, I can uh, click on it, and it uh, have many procedure for us to choose. Like uh, I can show you here on the uh, mobile phone that uh, there is uh, many multiple cho choice. That uh, as a manager, I need to to choose the right thing, my right procedure to raise pH up. And uh, after I choose that, the person who is in charge of this work will do the do the rest. Yeah, this is uh, some kind of uh, the power of the, the app that we are managing our farm here. So that's cool. So you can have your SOPs kind of built into that and then use it to delegate uh, based on live readings, basically. Yes. And uh, we also create a, um, a huge, I, I think it's uh, not uh, huge, but uh, very, have many information in this, like uh, disease and pest and all things. Like a like a online library for everyone, which want to learn more, and uh, which want to uh, dig deep in the method. For example, that uh, let me take a. Yes. Uh, for example, we uh, create this uh, library for further reference. And uh, whenever we have uh, the symptom occur on our plants, we can look at it, uh, and go deep in the document, uh, the media here. And uh, sometimes sometime it is the, uh, just a file of a PDF document. And sometimes it is, it is the video clip that we download from the online YouTube and we edit here. And so everyone can learn from this library and have more knowledge about this. It's like a, a online library for everyone. Uh, to do this app, we have to uh, master every uh, aspect of our farm and then we uh, create it uh, in modules like uh, you see up here and uh, every uh, thing in that module we will code it and have some smaller master of structure and it become like this so uh, do you have uh, any questions for this this is this is super useful um uh, <laughs> So we have to have this level of compliance and this level of build out for almost all the stuff in the, in the cannabis industry in the U.S. And just to be yeah. even compliant, certain, certainly in Canada and things like that, you have to have, you know, this level and even more. But this is really is, is quite the um, 
quite the farm management solution that, uh, you know, especially as a, a farm manager, if you had all of your stuff built into that and just being able to delegate everything out quickly and easily, man, it would save you a lot of time. Yes, of course. And uh, uh, with a, a, a role of farm management uh, manager, you can uh, supervise and manage multiple farms at a time that you ha don't have to be uh, at the present. Don't be there. Uh, you need to check it online, far from far from it, and give the, the design a decision. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's a super cool, uh, super cool app that you've built there, and it looks like you've put a lot of time and effort into building that out. Um, and certainly seems like a, a wonderful resource to have. Um, is that available in an English version as well? How do people find out if they wanted to try and? Uh, get involved or get signed up with the I don't, I don't know how that works with the subscription service or what your what how you monetize that but how would they get involved if they wanted to try and uh, uh, find out about it yeah uh, we are actually we uh, just like the English version for everyone and uh, there is uh, an app on the uh, app store in Android store uh, that uh, we can search it its name is uh, O plus Farming. Uh, let me find it for you on the Android. Yeah. Uh, I will turn my uh, mobile phone screen here that you can see. Yeah. The logo, the O plus farming here that you can search on the Android uh, store or uh, iOS store and uh, down, download it uh, to your phone. But uh, before before you use it, yes, before you use it, we have to create your an account for you. And uh, if you like to take a try, we can uh, invite you a, a period of time for demo it on your farm. And everything you want to change or uh, modify to suit your situation, we can do it uh, to make it uh, a demo time for you. And uh, the periods uh, would like to last uh, about two months. And after that, if you, uh, you like to use it, then we will uh, have some uh, account and sell it to you. There are many more, there are many uh, models in that, like I shared before. Uh, if you uh, want to take a try uh, in which one, we will can open the account for you. But I suggest that uh, you can uh, uh, start with the cultivation model first. Super cool app and uh, definitely something I'll be checking out for sure. Um, uh, and, you know, especially for people that are trying to manage their grows. Um, that really is a, uh, a really wonderful, uh, a wonderful app to help manage uh, bigger facilities. Um, yeah. What are, uh, what are some of the other um, 
tips and tricks that you've found um, and maybe utilizing this app or some of the other types of things that you've found um, uh, for people that are, are, you know, working in aquaponics, uh, maybe some something for beginners and then something maybe for kind of the more advanced people that you could uh, kind of share with us? Uh, you mean about uh, running uh, the aquaponics uh, system at the beginning? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the first one we should uh, uh, take time is uh, spend uh, some time, quite a time on design. Uh, especially uh, the, the space between everything that uh, we need, uh, you need to access uh, the tank, the filter, or water culture troughs, uh, everything else. You need to spare some time, some space for that, that you, uh, you have uh, space to access every material, uh, which is very easy for you to, to work on it. If not, it will become, become a burden. And uh, in uh, many uh, type of family scale, they don't know it that and uh, they quit because of that i think after the design uh, i think uh, we should uh, spend some time on some research about uh, uh, the species that uh, we want to grow which is more suitable in that uh, climate uh, and uh, take the easy one with a leafy green like uh, lettuce or some uh, choy it is more easy to start with. Uh, is, there any, is there anything in particular with the design that you you think is critical? Um, you've had a chance to kind of experiment quite a bit. Um, not really, but uh, as you know, I am a student of uh, Ryan, uh, if you remember, and uh, I learned a lot from, from him. So uh, if uh, I suggest that if everyone, anyone to uh, want to start in it, we need to take time to research and uh, find a good resource to learn about it. Uh, do the right thing before, then uh, we don't need to uh, correct it after that. Awesome. Um, so, uh, uh, and then uh, is there something maybe more for the advanced people out there, the more experienced commercial people? Um, that you want to kind of give advice on, um, you know, uh, people have been doing this a while, maybe something to help them improve on what they're doing, maybe someplace you think they're spending a lot of time or labor on that they could save time or money on? Uh, yes, I think uh, the leak point that uh, we will tear out the money is uh, nutrient of plants and uh, IBM management because uh, it will uh, damage uh, the volume and uh, the harvest pretty much when it happened like a uh, pest or disease it will crush down everything in that farm and it costs a lot so we need to learn and uh, some scouting do some scouting on uh, the pest and disease beside the uh, maintenance will also be a very important one we need uh, the, the first point of uh, creating and use material and equipment is uh, we want to use the like the much uh, ability of that things. So after, after time of using, 
will decrease it, like uh, uh, torn down or wear out, and uh, some kind of uh, stuck in pipe that we don't know. Uh, that means we have uh, we should have some maintenance schedule for that to work on it, and uh, we treat that before it happens. Then uh, everything goes smoothly and run in the in the path that we design. I was um, I had another question for you, and this was more to do with. Uh, uh, I think your part of the world uh, is a little more familiar with this. Have you ever heard of a, a Korean natural farming fungi called Jacaba or Jacaba? Uh, I read some of it, but uh, not, I haven't ever practiced with it before. Yeah, I know it's a, an Indonesian um, natural farming methodology. I just wasn't sure if it was also in Vietnam. That's why I was kind of curious to see if you had heard with it or worked with it at all. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't really familiar with it because uh, I learned from Jadam first and then the IMO that uh, we share. So um, uh, let's stick to that at the moment. Then if uh, anything interesting more, I can learn more about it. So is there any other maybe traditional Vietnamese farming methods that are maybe just separate from everything else that we've talked about? That are maybe useful for either soil farming or aquaponics that maybe westerners aren't familiar with uh, i know oftentimes uh, uh anytime i travel i always learn from some of the local farmers some things that maybe we haven't been exposed to um, what what type of farming uh, techniques is there anything maybe you think are, are you know might be a little different or something that maybe we haven't heard of before you'd like to share uh not really because uh at that aspect, I don't really have many experience about that. But uh, with the traditional cultivation, I think uh, our father and mother often uh, do some fermented, but uh, fermentation, but in the uh, very simple way, like they pipe everything in a, a, a corner, corner and uh, cover it with some leaf around straw and uh, just left there for about a couple of times, just after and uh, after uh, some month, they uh, dig it out, uh, mix with uh, some soil around and uh, just let go. Just a very simple way, but uh, and no uh, technical method to apply it on it, I think. Interesting, okay, very cool. Is there any questions that you have for maybe this side of the pond on, on how we do aquaponics or, or anything else that maybe you want to ask us on this side? Uh, yes. Um, for example, uh, like um, you, are go, you are growing cannabis right now, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, is it have, uh, does it have many difference uh, between the uh, not common Lithic green, or is it very unique? Oh yeah, so it definitely uses a lot more iron, a lot more potassium. Uh, it sucks down micronutrients a lot faster, um, mm. and it, it feeds a lot heavier, I guess, um, more than anything else. It feeds much more similar to like a pepper or a large tomato plant um, mm. in terms of nutrient demand and, and what it's going to change in the water chemistry. Um, I guess that's probably the best way to explain it. Um, uh, other ones that are nutrient hogs, um, uh, 
strawberries will suck an incredible amount of iron, like like mm. through to like triple the amount of iron on a system if you put a large amount of strawberries. Um, spinach is another one that just sucks a ton of iron down. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we did in experimental testing. Um, when I worked at the aquaponics source, we tested a bunch of different stuff to try and see, you know, what were the different things that we had to adjust for different types of more valuable crops. Uh, and those were definitely ones that we had a lot of documentation for. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, uh, that's really, I, and I found that um, especially for fruit, fruiting crops and things like that, or, or um, tomatoes, cannabis, peppers, uh, anything, uh, cucumbers would be another one. Um, having the, the dual root zone pots and even having a small amount of mycorrhizal fungi makes a huge difference in um, powdery mildew uh, exposure and how quickly the plants get or don't get powdery mildew. They're much more resistant when they have that soil fungi, even if it's a tiny amount um, present in the root zone, it just kind of trains the plant's immune system to be used to it, um, which seems to be you know, uh, hugely beneficial as well as the ability to amend the crops. You know, I can top feed. Right. So if I need to um, add more potassium or add something else, I don't necessarily right, have right to do the, the whole yeah. system. I can grow lettuce next to my cannabis and just top feed the cannabis and I'm OK. Right. I don't have to be committed fully to one type of crop, which, you know, especially if you're trying to grow a lot of different types of things. If I'm trying to grow cucumbers and tomatoes and lettuce and and spinach. I, I, I can grow all of those with the same base nutrient and just change that last little bit in the in the pots themselves. So. That, that's kind of been the other big, the big thing. And then uh, the in terms of cannabis testing, a huge boost in terpene expression. Um, the additional fungi, um, uh, terpenes are the things that create flavor, uh, terpenes and flavonoids uh, uh, and a couple of other secondary compounds. So uh, we've noticed a huge increase in the dual root zone plants versus the non-dual root zone plants via DWC or uh, media bed plants, sometimes as much as 300% increase in total terpene content which is an immense increase um, because those soil fungi seem to have very specific triggers on the plant's immune system. And I think that's also why you, you, know, you find that aquaponic lettuce and other things truly do taste better than a lot of other you know, poorer quality or poor, poorly grown crops. If it's hydroponics or in soil that's not particularly great, um, aquaponics is going to taste 10 times better. Uh, and, yeah. and, <laughs> uh, that's one of the nice things about it. And it's because it stimulates the plant's immune system and in an aquaponic system, you average 168% more microbes in terms of total species on the root system compared to a living, uh, you know, a normal soil garden. So that, that really changes the, the immune system stimulation on the plant. So that's why you see that increase is because that the plant's exposed to more microbes in the root system. So it creates more secondary metabolites to protect itself from the environment and creates more flavor. Hmm. I see. And uh, how do you test the uh, nutrient level in the cannabis? Uh, so, so the sample or in the nutrient liquid? So, so we actually um, currently, at least in the state that I'm in, we can't actually do nutrient testing in the actual tissue. Um, but uh -huh. what we can do is the, the, um, the essential oil uh, production that we can do. So we can test the different terpene levels and cannabinoid levels and the, the secondary uh, essential oil uh, production. And that's how we, we compare those testing. So the terpene level, terpenaline, uh, lemonine, uh, myrcene, uh, and all those different secondary compounds. Yeah, so uh, you have to, uh, you have uh, like a, a schedule for that test, right? Yeah, so we have a, 
most of it's done through third-party testing for the state. Um, we have to have that to be compliant in order for resale. Um, they have mm. to make sure it's clean and you're not spraying it with pesticides and whatever else that you're not supposed to be using. Um, so they, they require that as part of that. So we have to test uh, everything for cannabinoids, pesticides, uh, terpenes, um, myco, um, mycotoxins, uh, and if we're making concentrates, um, uh, residual solvents. Uh, and that basically allows us to test all the different compounds as well as the cleanliness of it. So we can test how strong it is, uh, what the type of medical profile it will have based on that uh, potency of the different compounds, and then uh, is it cleaner or not. Okay, so uh, what is the current method that you control the uh, nutrient concentration for that plant? Sure. So most of the time we do that, we test, we have some different soil mixes that we use that are time release for the dual root zone section. And then we test the water monthly um, through a company uh, called uh, MMI Labs out of Georgia. Uh, and they test the water uh, usually twice a month at most of our facilities. Some of the cannabis facilities are testing once a week. Um, uh, and then we test, send that water out and then have it tested and come back. So I know exactly what the water levels are pretty much all the time. We also have a, a, a wide selection of on-site testing as well. Um, so if I need to test for potassium or phosphorus or, or something else, um, I can test for that on-site or I can you know, send everything out. It's cheaper for me to send out uh, than it is for me to test it on-site. But if I need to check it on-site, I can. Yeah. Uh, I just remember recording a point that I uh, wanted to share here. Uh, the harmonic in Vietnam is not new, but uh, it also can be a, a modern method to cultivate some plants. And uh, along with that, uh, it would be a, a very huge investment at the first time. Uh, that, that's why the, the, the price of the product is also high. Uh, that's almost some of the uh, obstacles uh, for our plan here. And we have to work on that. So uh, come back to the question that you, uh, you asked about the, uh, for the, the grower. That uh, I think uh, who want to jump in this uh, area, uh, we need to do some market research and calculate uh, uh, carefully about the final price that uh, he or she can produce and uh, compare with the accepted price uh, on the market, it will make a lot of more sense to decide to spend or not spend money in this. Oh yeah, and there's, you know, in aquaponics, we've seen this in cannabis with CBD, uh, THCV, and a couple of other compounds. And I'm sure there's other medically important compounds that are produced by other plants and where aquaponics specifically dramatically increases the expression of certain medically important compounds in plants mm because of the microbes that are naturally present in an aquaponic system. So we're going to find, you know, as we research this more, that certain medicinal crops are going to grow and produce significantly more economically in aquaponics than in soil, uh, I yeah. think, longer term, as, as we do more and more research on this topic. Yeah. So uh, in case that uh, you want to, you, you have a tool to record or need a tool, that you want to compare or manage that, we can work on it. Because uh, as you know, I have a, an app and a tool that uh, we can manage and watch everything that is going on. Uh, I think it would be useful for you. 
no, that app is uh, super, super awesome. Definitely excited to check that out and definitely want to uh, get my garden running on it here when I get my new garden set up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I want to get it all set up on there. Okay. So uh, uh, I will send uh, you my email. Then uh, please share some more information about that and uh, we can work from that. Sure. Yeah. I actually just shared your, your links for both your Apple and Android versions in chat here. I already saw three different people mentioning they've already downloaded the app and they're, they're ready to check it out. So uh, it looks like uh, you're already getting a bunch of uh, uh, people on there. So, yeah, thank you. That will be a, a, like a, a bunch of a ton of stuff. asking questions that uh, I spent on time. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll I'll make sure that we have the link to that both in the, uh, the description for the audio version as well. If you're listening to this in audio format. Yeah. So uh, can they find the English version from that, that as well, from that link? Or uh, yes, I, I, to download it? I, uh, I'm working on it and uh, it will release for, okay. Uh, soon. Okay, cool. Because uh, I, uh, once I do a, a demo period for a farm in Cambodia, so uh, I have based on, uh, on that uh, version. And we can uh, just lay it quick. Awesome. Very cool. Well, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about uh, aquaponics in Vietnam? If not, uh, I don't want to tie up your whole day. I know you've already given us an hour of your day over there. And uh, it's uh, about midday over there. Uh, you're kind enough to join us uh, Friday morning, your time. Yeah, it is just a Friday morning. And uh, I'll come on uh, day of work. But uh, I spend this time for you. But uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty much now, and uh, if we have chance to, uh, in the future, uh, we will share more detail and more interesting that we can find to share. Yeah, definitely let me know when you have that uh, English version finished up and we'll make sure we get that out. I know I'm definitely excited to check it out as well. Sure, sure, of course. Well, uh, why don't you tell everybody how, how to find you, how to find out more information about your, what you're doing and how they can follow uh, follow all, all the awesome tech that you've been working on with the KNF stuff. I know, I think a lot of people have really had a lot of new ideas, um, you know, uh, especially with doing the liquid IMO fermentation, as well yeah. as getting some higher data on the, you know, longer fermentation being better, especially for those macronutrients. Uh, that definitely was, uh, you know, eye-opening for me for sure. And uh, uh, I'm super, super excited to have you on. Yeah, thank you that day. That surprised me also. Well, I'm glad we have people like yourselves that are curious and uh, documenting this type of stuff. I definitely look forward to hearing more from you and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again and tell us about your latest uh, experiments and testing in, in a couple of months. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, thanks again. Yeah, thank you, uh, Steve, for spending uh, a day for me and good luck to see you again. Awesome. Uh, bye. Bye, everyone. Take care. Cheers. All right. Well, that was awesome. Uh, definitely one of the more interesting KNF interviews that we've had in quite a long time. Um, that was a super, super cool interview that we've had a chance to do. Uh, he's definitely someone that I've wanted to interview for quite a long time. Um, we will uh, have a bunch more um, 
content coming out here. I am actually moving the rest of my stuff tomorrow. About half of it has moved already today. Uh, I've got to move the rest of it tomorrow. We had a bit of a delay this morning. Um, but um, we'll have a lot of uh, more information and a lot more content. I'll have my microscopes back up. I'll have a probe going again for my own personal plants. And we'll have some other cool, fun stuff going on um, that I can't quite share yet, but I will be able to share here in another week or two. Uh, that is also part of why I'm moving. Uh, and uh, you guys are going to be super stoked on this. Um, so definitely uh, uh, look for that, especially if you're in Oklahoma. Uh, we have some super badass concentrates that you guys are going to be uh, wanting to buy, get your hands on here uh, in September. So definitely be looking for that as a sneak preview. Um, so uh, definitely look forward to that. And then um, be sure to check out too. Marty and I have uh, actually had quite a few people uh, signing up for the class lately over at apmjclass.com. Um, be sure to check that out. Marty and I actually have a, a ton of new content. I actually have a, about 200 new slides uh, that I've created that we're going to be recording to add on to the 600, almost 700 slides that we currently have. Um, and I actually have a whole new set of about 150 slides that I've already started on um, that are uh, on top of that that we'll be recording as well in the next recording batch. So um, be sure to sign up before Black Friday. Um, Black Friday, we're going to start season two, um, which will be included. Season one will be included in season two if you want to, or you can buy the base class and then buy the next chapters as you want uh, as add-ons later on. So sure check that out. Uh, Marty also has the new greenhouse build out. Uh, as part of the new content for the class. So if you haven't checked it out already, be sure to check that out. We'll be re-recording some of the additional um, extraction stuff and some of the other cool stuff when we get into the new space here soon. And uh, just a ton of new content that we have all queued up and curated and ready to go. Um, we just have to film the uh, film or record the audio. Uh, and I'll be moving into a new space where I'll have a lot, a lot more studio space and a lot more room to do things and record stuff for you guys. So super stoked on that and just excited to do that. Um, so definitely be looking forward to that. Um, what else is going on? I'll be up in Oklahoma City for the Lucky Leaf Expo. Uh, I'll also be, uh, I don't know if the other one's public yet. I'll be at another event in September. You guys can check that out. Um, and um, don't forget about the um, second annual virtual aquaponic cannabis conference coming up here in September, uh, November, sorry, I don't even know what day I'm throwing this damn event. Um, in November 13th and 14th, uh, we have a ton of cool guests, including um, producers from Bangladesh, Canada, South Africa, and around the world. So um, be sure to check that out. Um, we have genomicists, we have soil biologists, we have CANF experts that you probably never heard of before. Uh, and a whole bunch of just really freaking awesome guests that I'm dying to hear from. So uh, super, super excited about that. So definitely check that out. Um, also check out the nutrients over apmjnutes.com if you need nutrients, uh, aquaponic cannabis um, stuff. We have a bunch of cool new stuff we'll be talking about here. When I get into the new space, I'll actually have an aquarium set up uh, and we're gonna do a grow tent connected to an aquarium with a, a new kit that we're gonna be putting out here in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, along with the nutrient line that, that pairs with that kit. So if you already have an aquarium, you buy the, the filter kit, you slap it on there, you connect it to your grow beds you already got going for your plants. If you're already doing flood and drain beds for your hydro system, and away you go, right? So it just kind of simplifies the whole thing, makes it brainless, makes it easy, uh, makes it so you don't flood your house in the process. 
and uh, gives you the nutrients you need to grow your plants in your own home from your aquarium. So I think a lot of people have been asking me for that for a couple of years. So super stoked to finally see that coming to fruition along with some other stuff that's been a couple of years in the works. Uh, got rid of a couple of people that were dead weight and uh, finally uh, got together a master team of people that are um, gonna be able to do some super cool stuff with uh, once we get moved here. And uh, you guys will find out who that is soon enough, don't worry. Um, but super, super cool things in the works, uh, all good things. Lots of change, but good change. And um, we'll see you guys again next week. We have, um, who, who was gonna be on the show last week, but I had a whole bunch of crazy shit happen last Thursday. Um, we will have uh, land, the Land Race Preservation Society next Thursday with the wonderful weeds of Mexico. They have a whole new uh, breeding uh, program that they've been working on about uh, land race Mexican and um, Central American cannabis strains. Uh, so super stoked to talk to them on that. Uh, that'll be our guest next week. Uh, and then once I get finally in the new studio, we might even fire up two shows a week again. Um, I don't know if we're going to do uh, Tuesdays. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Fumi has this show on Tuesdays, who have kind of been been on his show at least once a week. So um, if you haven't, aren't familiar, go check out Fumador and the Flavors. We have all kinds of fun over there. Uh, it's a little more laid back than this show. The show has kind of gotten more formatted as we've gone on. His show is a little bit more like uh, hanging out at the bar with a bunch of growers. It's a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody, for watching. That's everybody for your support. Um, one other programming note. Uh, I will continue to put out the short versions of a lot of the interviews. Uh, a lot of people have been asking for kind of shorter versions or just the cutout interviews with different guests that we've had over the years. So we'll be putting those out once a week, every Wednesday, along with different live events that I'm at and doing recordings of on Wednesdays. Um, so uh, as we get into some of the different live stuff as well, uh, we'll be including that um, uh, on the Wednesday cut. So every Wednesday we'll have a different pre-recorded um, uh, uh, section for um for that and then we'll also have some different interesting stuff on uh, mondays i'm going to try and put out uh, you know kind of a pre-recorded educational video on mondays and then the live content on thursdays so you can kind of look forward to three days a week of content at least uh for now uh, that's the goal eventually i'd like to get back to two live days but we'll see that may or may not ever happen um with my current schedule being a little bit more full than it used to be but uh that is the ultimate goal we have some cool shows that i would like to do um, that we never kind of got the time to do. Uh, so hopefully now that I have a little more roots set down in the new spot, we'll be able to get those recorded as well. So thanks a lot, everybody, for watching. Uh, thanks, everybody, for supporting the show every week. Um, and uh, we will see you guys next Thursday. Cheers.